0: Hi there, my name's Oshin Lunny, and welcome to Audio Talks presented to you by Harman. And this episode, we shine a light on how artificial intelligence can take audio to the next level from composition to mastering to every step of enjoying the final output. And looking into their AI powered crystal balls will be Armin Promisberger, Senior Vice President, Product Management Automotive Division at Harman, and Audio Talks Podcast Hall of Famer. Welcome, Armin.
1: Hey, hi Oshin, how are you?
0: Hey, Great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us. And joining Armin is Daniel Rowland, the Head of Strategy and Partnerships at Lander and a professional audio engineer and producer whose Oscar-winning and Grammy-nominated credits include Disney, Pixar, Nine Inch Nails, Gale, Gucci Mane, Seal, Philip Glass, Burner Boy, Star Wars, Marvel and much more. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, what's going on? It's good to be here great to have you here, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, So, okay, let's dive right in. Over the past few years, AI has become really popular in the audio and sound industry and algorithms have been used in nearly every part of the music business from arranging uploads to the streaming platforms to personalised recommendation engines that are so precise they make the concept of musical genres seem like incredibly vague, quaint, historical relics. Uh, I'm just curious to know from your perspective, what was your first encounter with AI? What was it like, Daniel? Yeah, for me, honestly, it was...
2: Probably when I came on board with Lander, you know, about eight years ago, I, I don't come from, I, you know, I come from the creative side of the music industry. I think like a lot of us do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, was was passionate about technology, but hadn't at least consciously been using anything uh, AI, ML-wise in, yeah, in creation. I, you know, I was a super fan of you know, generative tools and things that were more randomizers. Right. So I'd kind of come from that having worked with Adrian blue and all these people who Trent Reznor and stuff like that, they, they had really kind of got me on board on that kind of thing. But, uh, but no, so it was really Lander where I was like, Oh wait, okay. So this is kind of where the industry is heading. And, uh, and it was, it was a big learning curve for me back then when I, when I came on board, but uh, yeah, that was probably the first time I really was exposed to it.
0: Yeah, totally fascinating. And Lando is a great platform. I've used it myself. It is, you know, super impressive. And Armin, how about yourself? I mean, does AI, I guess it overlaps a lot with what you do now in terms of, you know, product design and all this kind of thing. But what was your first encounter with it?
1: Oh, that's actually an interesting question, right? I think from a professional perspective, so me contributing, it should be the early 2000s, Um, And by the way, it wasn't very sophisticated at that point in time. We didn't call it AI. We didn't run around and call ourselves ML engineers. (laughs) We just tried to solve a few problems. Um, And that was about automatic tuning, right? So whether it's rooms or whether it's cars, Hmm. we tried to develop algorithms that take away the burden of always doing the same things, right? It's like always doing the time delays, always doing the basic EQ, right? It's like... Um, it's not as exciting as it sounds right yeah. so, <laughs> Indeed. but then why you were asking Daniel, right it's like I was thinking, I guess my very first real interaction with a i without me knowing was most probably video games,
0: oh yeah,
1: right, and that was my whole life so i would I would think like Pac man most probably back then
0: <laughs> in the eighties could have yeah. been my very first a i interaction without me knowing right. <laughs> Oh, outstanding. I spent way too much time in the 80s on console video games. I remember those days extremely well. Coming from those days, obviously, you're both kind of steeped in artificial intelligence in terms of what you do, but you both have a very interesting background. I mean, what impact would you say that artificial intelligence has had in terms of your career? And we'll come to yourself, Daniel, first, because, you know, Lander is obviously there's a huge slice of AI in there. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's
2: changed the complete course of my career. You know, it's, yeah. I'd mentioned a minute ago, it's always been kind of an extension of my, what I was interested in, or I see it as kind of an extension of things as I was already doing. But, you know, I mean, whatever, I've always been focused on the future of tech, but like to coalesce kind of my passion for, as an educator, as an engineer, a musician, and a technologist, it's really like the engine, at least for me and for Lander, I think is, as well to to help us support and empower new creators at scale, like beyond anything I can do with my students is an example. And that's probably the biggest effect that it's had for me is it's really honed what I want to do with the rest of my career in in music technology and, and you know, in the scale that I can, at which I can do it.
0: Yeah, I love that idea that AI is kind of, like Armin was saying, it's taking away some of the repetitive, boring work. It propels great ideas at a scale that wouldn't be possible with just folks sitting on keyboards. Um, And Armin, I'm imagining that, say, if you're hooking up the Cadillac Escalade with that 33-speaker system, uh, (laughs) this is something that might involve some computational power, you know, using some very cutting-edge tech to make it all work. Talk to us a bit about the role of AI in terms of your career and the impact it. Had. I
1: think I didn't know it, so AI more or less cornered me without me realizing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, we are just eager to, to solve problems, and when you deal, for example, let's, let's say audio, let's stay for a moment with, with pure audio, right? It's yeah. like audio is a pretty cool problem to solve because most of the time, right, it's totally unpredictable, most of the time, it's, it's totally non linear. So, in terms of math, it's wonderful if you're a little bit nerdy. You don't end your days very early in the office, I guess. So what we have there is, is what it does to us. And it's not only me. Mm. It's in everything we do. It's like from where Daniel is sitting, right, from the production process, because we, we at Harmony, we build production tools, right? Mm. But then it moves also into, into the playback. It's like, how do you tune a car? How do you isolate an audio object out of a complex signal and then redistribute it in the car? Wow. Right, all of those things... Um, are continuously happening, and that has been around since I started working, Yeah, in the more or less sophisticated way. Where we are today is nothing compared to where we have been like 15, or even like only five years ago. So it's it's super fast, right, what's happening there.
0: It does sound like a win-win scenario. We're getting rid of the boring, repetitive jobs, we're helping great ideas reach scale, but is there anything that AI has made obsolete and... uh, do you miss it? Is it something you miss or is something you're glad to see the back of?
2: I think there, there's a lot of things I want AI to make obsolete. <laughs> I don't know if it's really happened yet. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, so no, on the, just focusing on the production tools, so creator tools sort of niche that I occupy. Not really. Is it expanding options for people regardless of their budget or level of experience? Sure. Is it existing professionals in various ways, some of which we've chatted about mastering, restoration, mixing, composition even? Yes, but it's not It's not evolved, I think, to the point where it's really made anything obsolete at this point. And, you know, it it will be some time probably before it does that in some of those areas.
0: Interesting. Armin, how about yourself?
2: It's an interesting question
1: in so far because it's like AI for me is not a thing on its own. Yeah. Right. It would be asking, like, has human intelligence made anything obsolete and are you missing it? Right. (laughs) It's always about how you use it. Yes. So, So no, not today. It's more about context and then in the context, there are certain products for sure that you will no longer need in the future and whether it's purely the AI that's now living in the newer products and making them obsolete or the change in production processes or how we listen to music or what content we are creating. No, that's then different. That's
0: the context. I remember some early descriptions of AI as being like the Iron Man suit for professionals using technology. It really augments human abilities. I'm curious to know, has AI augmented your abilities? I mean, yeah, from my
2: side of things, most definitely, you know, I've always been kind of tinkering, you know, at least like I said, for the past eight, nine years on the AI side of things with production tools, because there wasn't a lot there for a long time, right? Yeah. So now, geez, I mean, certainly on the composition side, you know, things we might talk about later, some of the companies out there are making some interesting products. I use AI source separation right now is a big thing for me because I'm an immersive you know, an Atmos mix engineer, right? Another Sony 360RA and other formats. So to be able to go into classic content and now at a very high quality, separate that out right into stems and and immersive mixing and a variety of other things is super cool and has become a big part of, you know, me and my partner's business. So yeah, there's a lot there.
0: And Armin, how about yourself? What's the Iron Man suit for you and is it working? (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, most probably it's my car and all the ADA systems who are much smaller than me, right? Um,
1: but on the sound side, it's similar. If you ever had to mix a track and you have a few hundred objects and it ends up in a few hundred tracks, right? And you try to keep track of every single compressor, EQ, limiter, whatever you set. Yes. It's quite hard. So from that perspective, I totally welcome our AI overlords in my mixing. <laughs>
0: yes. Right? So Totally. Oh, fantastic. I, for one, welcome our AI overlords. I think we're all pretty much in alignment here. I love it. (laughs) Daniel, as you described, Lander's a company, you've got AI mastering and you're actually helping to automate the entire music production process for artists of all skill levels, beginners, advanced. There's a lot of tools there. Talk to us a bit about the role of AI in the Lander products.
2: Cool. I'm probably the worst person to explain this to anybody, (laughs) but (laughs) I'll talk about it through my experience engaging with it as a creator, right? So... As, as some people know, effectively what Lander does, right, is you upload a piece of music or an album or what have you, um, and Lander, you know, tries to attempt to put that into a genre. We don't ask people genre because we feel that a lot of times people misidentify their music in a different genre than what it actually, most other people would. Yeah. So we've done a, you know, a, a good bit of work over the years in that area. And of course, we pull it apart into a bunch of different features that we can compare to pieces of music in a similar genre space, right? And that mm-hmm. allows us to parametize plugins, a plugin stack that now the, the, the engine can even rearrange based upon what it feels the music needs, which is pretty cool. It wasn't able to do that at one point, um, choosing analog and digital, digital signal processors, depending upon needs. So the thing, you know, no, nothing crazy there, necessarily. And of course, then it masters the track or masters the album. Mm. The, the way that we saw the biggest improvement in our engine is when we really invested the money and time in the supervised machine learning side of things, where we built out a mastering engineer team. This is just for the mastering product we have, obviously. Yeah. That was mastering the same songs concurrently with the engine, And, you know, we're recording every knob that we turn using the same stack, and it could learn from that. And that's taken seven years, and I I can't even tell you how many masters we've done. Thousands, tens of thousands of human-engineered masters. And sometimes different engineers will master the same song, so it's, you know, an average of what their decisions are. And that's where we saw kind of an accelerated, you know, over years, improvement in what we do.
0: Wild. My goodness, that's incredible. We had um, a great audio engineer and producer, Robbie Dunn, on a previous episode of the Audio Talks podcast, and he was talking about leveraging an AI mixing tool. And he said, most of the decisions it made were absolutely spot on. It was like 95% Robbie Dunn every time he switched it on and he just had to add the special sauce at the end. He was kind of, you know, <laughs> impressed, but also, wow, am I that, <laughs> am I that easy to, uh, to replicate? But it just saved him so much time. He said, you know, he could get to a point, the starting point for his mixes because of the AI under the hood was always, you know, very far advanced and really optimized his workflows. Yep. Armin, how about yourself? I mean, we've heard about isolating sound sources for those immersive in-car systems, speaker tuning, etc. What would be an example of your work leveraging AI on an everyday basis? There are actually quite a few and some of them
1: are maybe un- unexpected, right? It's like, um, we're working on, on on strategy first, right? And then you talk about product and from product force technology needs. right? Um already, how you make those decisions is massive data mining, mm. market data, usage data, user data and then you you need already help from from pretty intelligent algorithms, machines, software um, to help you amalgamate your decisions right yeah. it's like find the patterns, find what is essential, or find the things that are unique in this data set right. Mm. And a human being, no matter how good we are, you can only do so much, and it's a function of time. And then you can scale by many, many people, but it's going to get complex. Yeah. So that is the part where AI is deeply embedded in what we do. And it goes from, you, you're not going to like this, but it goes from basic Excel routines, right, and Excel yeah, yeah. scripts, because when we talk AI, there, there's so much... All this machine learning, deep learning, guns, neural networks, da-da-da. Yeah. These are only just the methods of the time, mm. right? Because AI is really the umbrella for all of those things, mimicking intelligent behavior. Mm. right? It, it was very mechanical machines like 100 years ago, trying to do the same things. Yeah. But then from there it goes, right? Once you end with the product, then it goes into what is in the product. For example, in automotive, we do ADAS systems. So we have perceptional models. They are really, really complex. They are hungry for data. So, so that's massive, right? Then there's security where you're trying, someone is trying very sophisticated hacks on your car or on your system and you try to defend it and you end up then with audio. And on the audio side, I think it goes back to it's emotional, it's contextual, it's nonlinear. Um, there it gets most sophisticated because what is good or bad is no longer a zero or one. Right? Because Daniel might think this is a fantastic mix, and Euschen might think it needs more bass, right? <laughs> and I think it needs 10 <laughs> dBs more. Um, so what is good, what is bad to train an, an algorithm or virtual or artificial intelligence to make those decisions for us? Mm. This is where we are working on like every day.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's an Iron Man suit for your brain. It keeps your car secure. It's doing all kinds of stuff that maybe folks aren't aware of. That's super interesting. And uh, I'm curious, just kind of taking you out of Harman and taking you out of Lander, are there any other exciting applications of artificial intelligence today that you would like to name check? Uh, what say you, Daniel? What's impressing you out in the market?
2: Oh, well. Wow. So I want to stay focused on music, but it's hard not to mention Dolly too, which, you know, there's a, a big buzz around, which by the time this comes out, who knows, maybe it'll be out and we'll all be experimenting with it. Nice. I really think the the either text or speech to image creation thing is pretty interesting, right? And there's been yeah. some some demos I've seen where, yeah, you can just talk through creation of environments. And yeah, I think that's going to be very cool. I, I dig what companies like Splash are doing with Roblox in the new creator kids' side of things as far as kind of widening the funnel for creators with AI and machine learning to assist with music composition and iteration and collaboration, right, with people who haven't really done that before, which is pretty dope. Mm. And uh, any any of the speech synthesis stuff I'm fascinated by, though. It can be a little bit controversial, potentially, but Supertone AI, Uh, Synantic I saw, Spotify I think is acquiring them, which is interesting, Reese Feature just won some Emmys, that kind of stuff, right? We're going to see in the music industry, especially being able to model singing of artists who maybe aren't around or anymore or never existed, you know, combined with virtual influencers and idols and stuff becomes just a very fascinating space.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, if somebody can sell me a Barry White, make yourself sound like Barry White, <laughs> filter, I am just my, you know, take oh. my money immediately. That's, that's a, like, just a no <laughs> I think greater. it exists. There you go. Oh my God. <laughs> that's oh, awesome. Oh, okay. That's, uh, I'm going to Google that straight afterwards. <laughs> uh, and Harman, how about yourself? What's uh, knocking it out of the park in terms of AI from your perspective?
1: So Delhi too is also on my list, right? It's like, it's mind blowing. It's like you're putting like five words, in, and you get some some really. Um, so some things are strange, but some things are really spot on, right? Yeah. Um, I think literally every game engine today is simply worth a shout out. Yes. And not not only in 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 graphical representation and all the multi physical models that are behind, for example, how the mm-hmm. water looks and how hair is moving. It's also about the NPCs, right? So if if you look at non-player characters, the way how they behave, you got these big fighting scenes with thousands of NPCs in there, and they all do their thing. It's not yeah. like they're moving like a swarm; they do their thing, right? And you can address each one of them. To me, that that's really crazy. And then the whole deepfake movement, right? Whether it's video, whether it's audio, yeah, you can't trust anything any longer that you <laughs> see or hear. Right? <coughs> it's the downside. Yeah. That's for me, like the very White thing is one thing. Uh, yes. But I think, for example, as we're talking audio, right? And, and we got Daniel here. It's as an engineer, engineer, it would be more interesting. I don't want to have a very wide plugin. I'd like to have a Daniel Rowland plugin. I'd like to have a Peter plug plugin, right? I'd like to have a, a Quincy Jones plugin. Oh, yeah. Right. And then just listen to my mix or my car, how this person would tune it. Not necessarily just to then say it's my mix, right? I just want to learn. I want to hear. I want to compare. I want to get inspired.
0: Yeah. What a great idea. My goodness. Okay. I'll be, I'll be watching, the, uh, uh, watching the plug-in markets for <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'll be signing up for that email update. Brilliant. Do you think that artificial intelligence is quite evolved now? Or do you think by its nature, it's early days? Or where would you kind of put us on a continuum? D- Daniel, what say you? I mean, on the music,
2: just again, focusing on the music side of things, I'd say we're still early days, right? We've only just seen a lot of the major players jump on board uh, with this technology. I mean, Lander was definitely one of the innovators in this space. I have the scars to prove it because the public, I don't know, is necessarily ready. And some of our, you know, the other, you know, other companies in the industry were very... You know, hesitant to to embrace it, but I think we're we're kind of over that hump. Though there's still so much misunderstanding um, on what it is and what it isn't, what it can do, what it can't do. There's still a lot of education, I think, that needs to be done there, and also a lot of honest marketing that needs to be done. I think part of the problem with people not understanding what's going on is that companies misrepresent what they're doing. Right, so. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a big part of it. So still early days and the biggest thing lastly for me is that we haven't really seen much integration or interoperability between AI tools. So DAWs and plugins, for example, are integrated directly within DAWs and I think that's a big thing that we'll see over the coming years.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a, a very pertinent comment, I would say. And uh, Armin, how about yourself in terms of like AI being implemented? Well, I have a very definitive yes and no answer. <laughs>
1: I would say so on the one side, if you just look at it from what the product does today with or products do with with AI, it's no longer early days, right? There are really a lot of touch points in every person's life where we don't even realize we were engaging with a machine the one way or the other. On the other side is the more that you work on this stuff, the more you see how early the days are, right? Because you see all the shortcomings. and And today, at least we are getting to a point where the agents or the algorithms getting very intelligent in very narrow tasks, right? They are very specialized. And I think this is also where Daniel is going, but they don't really talk to each other yet, right? So they don't understand the context what the other AI is doing and how can I spread my wings and help the other AI with what I'm really specialized in, Mm. which is just like collaboration between humans. So that is where we are super early days. And other things like perceptional models, we made like a quantum leap in the last 10 years, specifically in cars. Mm. People are trying, um, with reason or not, to trust, for example, their AIs to make decisions where the car goes and how it drives, right? Mm. And we're going to see ever more um, coming out in, in that domain. Like we got the first level three cores out now. Others are doing 2.5 since a few years now. Mm. So so there's something happening. So okay. it's early days on a big scale, like on, on a monumental scale, it's amazing from where we have started twenty years ago. I have started twenty years ago, right? It's like other people started hundred years ago.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So, Daniel, coming over to yourself, if there are any engineers listening and they haven't yet tried lander, I mean, could you kind of talk them through a bit of the process of how they would go about? you know, uploading some music and making a final master or a client-facing mix or, you know, what's the procedure like?
2: You pretty much just described it. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, the idea is for is to be as easy as possible, right? So it's there's a desktop app. T- it's based in the cloud as well through a web browser. And, yeah, you just drag and drop, you know, your music in there. It's You know, when Lander started, we weren't asking for a lot of feedback from users. We were kind of automating the entire process. You could choose some loudness and maybe some flavors eventually of your master, like modern or classic, you know, a little sure. more warm, that kind of stuff though we've now, you know, integrated things like revisions where people can go get granular and say, oh, you know, sibilance is an issue or base, you know, because there's preferences on things, right? You can't just cast a net and meet everybody's expectations on what they want to hear. It's a very subjective thing. So yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at now. And just in general, I mean, I think with any AI tool, Lander or otherwise, whether it's in a composition sort of a tool or a restoration thing or what have you, just kind of experiment and, and test these things out, I think especially for audio engineers who we tend to kind of covet all the the knowledge that we've developed and, you know, all the techniques and things like that. Audio engineers can be a little bit hesitant to adopt this type of stuff. It's not cheating. It's really an extension of things like drum machines and synths and quantization and DAWs and batch processing, right? It's things that at one point were a little bit controversial and seemed like cheat codes, but now are just part of our workflow. This kind of stuff is the same way. There's a lot of engineers who use a real mastering engineer we support that you can hire a lot of real mastering engineers on lander's website this is not an either or thing but for demos for mixes for learning how to mix ai mastering is very good that's the biggest thing we probably find that i didn't personally expect is that a lot of people will just run their mixes through lander to see what mastering will do because mastering as it turns out is not magic and if your mix sucks mastering can't fix that it doesn't matter if you're you know bob ludwig or your lander right so A lot of engineers, mastering engineers I talk to will let me know, you know, we get files that have Lander in the name. So people have been running them through Lander as they're iterating and, and learning before they deliver to me. And ultimately we're getting better mixes as a result of that. So there's just so many use cases for this type of thing.
0: Outstanding. And And uh, Armin, coming over to yourself, say if some of our listeners, they get into their Maserati with the amazing in-car stereo or the BMW 3 series or the Cadillac Escalade and it's, you know, got the JBL sound system, Harman Kardon. What will the role of AI be in terms of their experience? It is mainly in the design process.
1: Right, it's like when we make decisions, structural decisions, where we place speakers, for example, multi-physical simulations, then you run all these analysis, and then you look at the data and you make decisions. You run an automatic tuning on it in a virtual domain, and you see and hear how it... It's interesting, right? You see how it sounds. I, can, I guess Daniel can relate to that. And then you hear how it sounds, right? Yeah. So this is all supported already by very intelligent algorithms today. Yeah. What's coming now... Ever more and more. It's like in your car today, you have already algorithms that reduce noise when you have the uplink, for example, for your voice stream for a phone call, mm. right? That is no longer linear processing, right? That is already done either even not in the car sometimes, but in the cloud in between the car, which is the edge, and then you as the user on the other hand. So these things are happening as we speak. Then upmixing, still most of the music is stereo. Right. We, we want to have these immersive experiences, but the reality is, is like 9x percent of the, the content that you get is stereo. Right? And then most of the times compressed stereo. <laughs> so you, yes. you, you start recreating, you start upmixing. There's always this JBL claim of the artist's intent, right? You don't want to create a new mix. I don't want to create a different mix than the one that Daniel was trying to to convey because he tried to convey emotions, right? I don't want to change the emotional content. Yeah. So all of those things, and this is coming ever more into the car being contextual because the car is not stationary. It's loud, it's noisy, you drive different speeds, different roads, different people inside the car, window open, window closed, all of those things. Yeah. And the more you can process this with intelligence, like Daniel sitting next to you in the car, right? With all the faders and knobs. That is the magic, yeah. right? When you don't have to go, oh, I need to increase bass, or I need to increase volume. I and mean, all of this just happens. Wow. And, and that is coming, a part of it is already there, but it's getting so much more sophisticated with the next generations.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Armin, staying with yourself, you spoke about the contextual nature of it. And the fact that AI is kind of bringing this new sophistication to this listening experience. Do you think that AI is going to be opening up some more personalized audio devices or new categories of audio devices? Or what's the, how does that kind of fit into the picture? Oh, that's what it's all about. Yeah.
1: right. That's literally what it's all about. It's like, from my perspective, let's democratize perfect sound. Um, I'd like to have a Daniel or a Peter or a Quincy sitting beneath me driving my car or walking around me when, when I go running, which doesn't happen too often, by the way. <laughs> and and it's adjusting all the equalization and the noise cancellation in real time, how they would do it. Yeah. Right? Once we get there, and I don't need so much new products. I love my, for example, I got five, uh, 5,005 AKGs. Love my AKGs. Mm. But they are static, right? And in a quiet environment, amazing but you lose all this fidelity once you step outside your house or apartment, Mm. And to get that back, this fidelity in every contextual situation with every, and contextual is environment, it's the user itself, and it's the content. You bring all of these three together, which is quite a lot of math, that's an an amazing product, right?
2: You know, on the content side of things, the whole adaptive music aspect of that is intriguing, right? If you look at what companies like, Endol are doing or life score picks tunes right for in the car sort of experiences where the music's actually changing and adapting not just adapting not just frequency wise right but the content is actually adjusting to to your surroundings to your heart rate to your mood that's all just fascinating stuff to me for fitness and whatnot and as we see you know apple acquiring companies around that and by dance as well you know it's intriguing what the future that's going to be
1: changing your playlist based on your heart rate while you're walking your devices, figuring out your stress, so changing volume, changing equalization, all of that. By the way, these are things that are already in the works, right? Wow.
0: This is not like science fiction. This is in the works. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, I mean, hmm. Daniel, you mentioned Endel there, I've been reading some, and uh, listening to some great music there from James Blake and Richie Horton, yeah, yeah. they've been doing great things with the platform. Is there anybody who you are listening to who's leveraging these kind of tools in a creative way? Sure.
2: I mean, some of the usual suspects that are, if people aren't familiar, Holly Herndon is a big one, right? She, a friend of mine, Yoda Mann, has worked with her. His company never before heard sounds, right? Doing things with timbre transfer uh, where they can, you know, recreate her voice from instruments and things like that is pretty cool. Uh, There's an artist, Portrait XO, which is another one that's worth looking at that has a whole collective that's doing a lot of interesting stuff around AI and ML, and, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still, you know, and a lot of stuff you hear, you probably you wouldn't even know, right, that a lot of this stuff is being involved in it, which is kind
0: of the magic. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Armin, is there anyone you're checking out at the moment?
1: Well, you can call out every gaming studio, right? You, you guys are amazing out <laughs> <up> there. <laughs> but then I think what caught my and this was like 10 years ago, or so Miku Hatsune, oh, right, it's like hmm. the first time, like holographic, then the whole virtualized experience of the singer interacting on stage via holograph with the band and stuff like that. So that was well done. But then also it's like you look at Travis, for example, in Fortnite, right? And it's both. It's like on the one side, yes, the artist, but then also the team of Fortnite putting this together Mm -hmm. and making an, an immersive experience for so many people at the same time. Everyone looking at it from a different angle, from a different distance. That's pretty cool. And I think the last one is, to me, ABBA. Oh, yeah. So with their virtual tour now, right? It's the Voyage tour. Fantastic. It's that a band that has been around so long that has shaped literally generations of listeners, right? And how you produce music. And they go virtual. That's really amazing.
0: Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about that uh, ABBA tour. Everyone's mind is just blown. They love it. They have such a great time. And it's also opening up the catalog of music to an entirely new generation. It's really fascinating. Zooming out a bit, should we be welcoming our new robot overlords 100% or is there anything we should be keeping resolutely human? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't
2: think anything's going to be kept resolutely human. So, you know, whether what I want or not. Um, And I don't always see that as as necessarily a bad thing. There'll be both, right? I mean, first of all, again, like I've keep saying, focusing on the creator tools side of things, AI, ML, whatever is just not that good yet. Right. So it's like, it's useful for a lot of things, you know, let's just focus on probably the most controversial thing, at least in the music industry, which is creation itself. Right. So like generative music, it's good for certain things. I think it is going to be problematic for people when it comes to sync, but you're still not getting the result you get with, you know, a bunch of humans in a room collaborating with each other with different backgrounds, different levels of experience, all that kind of good stuff. We're so far away from that type of thing. So I welcome the robot overlords, but un, you know, understanding that there's limitations as to what they can do.
0: Well said. And Armin, how about you? Well, I think we all have seen
1: Skynet, right? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to stay away from that part of the AI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. But everything else is pretty much like Daniel said. It's there there will be music written by AI. Mm. As and and music by the way is a product, right? It's like not every music is intended first and foremost as an act of art. It is also a business and it's a product. Yes. But there will always be a person, a human being that has experienced something and is using music as the way to communicate that with others, because maybe he or she is not able to have a direct conversation about it. And this part of music will never be replaced, right? This is so deep emotional content will not be replaced. So I'm, I'm not restrictive about what should we keep for humans only. It's like it will sort itself out.
2: I think it's also interesting, you know, that AI on the composition side could end up pushing human composition forward or certainly the public public's appetite for different genres of music you know when every four chord country song or trap beat can be automated by anybody on their phone fairly well right what is the public's appetite for popular music at that point right is or, yeah. do people are going to look for more nuance look for different things and it'll yeah it'll be interesting to see how these two things kind of feed each other right the ai side and the, the human composer side
0: Absolutely. And um, if you had a blank canvas and unlimited resources to design an AI to accomplish any task, what would the task be and why? I'm going to start with yourself, Daniel. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, An AI that could save
2: us from ourselves. That's probably what I would build. No, I I don't really know, actually. I mean, on, on the music side of things, yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of a whole new paradigm for creator tools, right, where it's not the traditional DAW, where it's not this completely generative thing, right? It's, I mean, think yeah. of something like Dali 2 for music, where, you know, a voice-driven way to create based upon referencing things you are familiar with without needing any technical knowledge or experience necessarily, and then iterating from there. I think that type of creative environment, we don't have anything like that quite yet. But I can see a lot of the things we've been discussing today on this podcast kind of coalescing together to be a pretty unique, groundbreaking experience for people. And I would kind of focus on that, though I would lose a lot of money trying to build that. Uh, I would
0: still try. <laughs> that would be absolutely fascinating. But uh, yeah, unlimited budget, blank canvas, that's a very good answer. And Armin, what say you? Let's start the other way around. I spend quite some time with my, my grandpa lately. and
1: He's yeah. 94, right? And he is really hurting because he can no longer drive his car, right? Because as an old person now, and, and he's not living in the big city. He always wanted to live like very rural in a small little town. So this means you're no longer mobile. So to me, one of the real AIs, simply from that perspective, I would be looking for is a really autonomously driving car. And that comes from someone who is with his teams working on this, right? Like Because we are still far away from, if there's ever going to be a level five, let's talk about this, four is far away. This would be great just for the people who are tied to their homes because they're no longer mobile. And with that goes, you you have seen Big Hero 6, the movie, right? Baymax. Like blank canvas, I would love to build a Baymax. (laughs) It's like... This combination of compassion and the ability to heal, right, that would be something, maybe I'm getting old,
2: but but that would be something I would be really interested in. (laughs) That was a way better answer than my answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bringing us back to the present day. I mean, you've been looking in your crystal balls since we started talking on this episode, but... I wonder. Could you just talk a bit about what's coming up for you both in terms of you know your work? Any cool AI deployments we should know about? Anything that folks should be looking out for? And we'll start with yourself, Daniel.
2: Cool. I mean, on our side, of th- on the lander lander hat back on, definitely. You know, improvements to our AI mastering our samples recommendation engine. I think that that's a very interesting side of things, right? Really helping people curate complementary and similarity samples. There's a lot of things I can't talk about, obviously, but really. You know, we have a very broad ecosystem of tools and it's fine to develop them all independently, but really using, you know, AI and machine learning to meet people where they are and help shepherd them through the creative process based upon their specific needs since we have all these tools. And I think that's the thing that's a big focus of ours. It's not more, more, more. It's how does it all work together for the benefit of people who are, you know, who are trying to create.
0: Oh, superb. That's fantastic news. Okay, great. I look forward to those next iterations very much indeed. And uh, Armin, how about yourself? What say you in terms of any interesting AI deployments that folks should be aware of? It depends on what you
1: talk about, Armin, right? In, in my work, it's like if it's mm. pro, um, there's really cool stuff coming along in, in terms of signal processing, the whole platform in in, in the backend, which is the cloud, like CloudWorks. Oh, yeah. so, so that will be simply. Um, Ease of use, right? It's simplifying the whole workflow, and this is for professionals, right? This is cash because it's like if I can take the same task and and only need half of the time, either I can have more coffee or I earn more money or I can do more jobs, (laughs) right? On the lifestyles, on on the hi fi, on the mobile audio, right? For example, headphones, soundbars. It's all about upmixing, immersion, right now. And this is a lot of signal processing, right? It's like, for example, headphones, it's like these two drivers left and right from your ear. And then you want to make it sound like there's a whole 3D sound field around you and you've got control over it. Yeah, We all have different ears. We all hear differently. We're all different human beings, right? Um, we have been socialized to hearing differently, by the mm. way. So there's a lot of great work going on in that domain. You're going to see some really cool products from from the lifestyle division. And in auto, it's all about what we call right now is, is consumer experiences automotive grade. And we are part of Samsung, so it's like there's so much more consumer than around us, like with the smartphones and everything. And these thingies are really intelligent. And we want to replicate this consumer experiences in the car, but also with the speed, like every six months, like every every year, new product, not like every five years in automotive. Yeah, And there's a lot of AI um, involved, for example, on the driving side, on the, on the ADA side, in-cabin, understanding contextual perceptional models. The car knows suddenly that you are stressed out. The car may understand that in the future, when it needs to turn down, for example, the HVAC for two degrees, mm-hmm. right? these things that just happen for you without you recognizing them. And this is, again, these are things in the works, right? This is yeah. not like science fiction.
0: Fantastic. Oh my goodness, right. I'm very excited about the future now, but um, you know, zooming out a bit from Lander and Harman and all the awesome stuff you're working on, what do you think is coming next for AI? I mean, hopefully it's not Skynet as you said Armin. but uh what do you think's going to come out of this field? And uh we'll start with yourself, Daniel.
2: Sure. I mean, you know, again, focused on on kind of the creator side of things. Mm that's a whole podcast in and of itself, right? (laughs) What's going out of the AI creative field. But for us, I think it's really seeing a lot of the, a lot of the things that we've been chatting about, songwriting, ideation, adaptive music, vocal synthesis, mixing and mastering, source separation, sound selection and recommendation, all of that, instead of being fragmented, really converging into the creative environment where people work. I'm certainly having a lot of chats with players in the industry about where that's going and what's being worked on and you know acquisitions and, and all the M&A stuff around that. And I think that's where this is headed, right? So that it can really be something that's not just a one-off experience for somebody that they try and don't come back to because it doesn't fit into their workflow, but it's part of their workflow. And I think that's where you're really gonna see mass adoption with professionals and, and where this just become what drum machines were and what synthesizers were when they were controversial and that all went away. That will all go away. It will just become a part of our daily use the way it has in so many other areas uh, of AI and ML. And that's kind of, yeah, what I hope to see and where I think it's going to go for the music industry.
0: Fantastic. Watch this space. That's a that's a nice optimistic outlook there. I love it. <laughs> I hope. Oh, absolutely. And, and Armin, what say you? What's your outlook on AI? I think it's, First and foremost, it
1: creates everything from fear to democratization, right? Mm -hmm. For what Daniel is doing with Lender, actually, democratizes proper masters for millions of musicians. On the other side, it creates fear for a few thousand mixing engineers, right, that their job might go away. So so that's coming for AI that we need to, as we create those systems, it's like these systems do not create themselves. We create those systems. We need to deal with both the fear and the democratization, right? And then I think the hype cycle is pretty much over. Um, Now on LinkedIn, everyone still wants to call himself an AI engineer, right? (laughs) Um, But I think now is the time of real world applications. Yeah. It's about embedded optimizations, it's development tools, data privacy, training data, how you deal with all this data, right? It's like yeah. it's about specialized systems, very narrow AIs that suddenly spread their wings and talk to other AIs, right? Mm. Increasing understanding of context. So I think we're getting to the point where these things getting really useful. Yeah. Right? It's more about prediction now than just classification. And prediction is the art, right? So I think that's coming for AI now. And then Skynet. Skynet is coming. So it's like definitely <laughs> Skynet.
0: <laughs> okay, I, for one, am welcoming better living, better audio, better everything through the magic of AI. Thanks so much for joining us on Audio Talks, presented by Harman. Daniel Rowland.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And Armin Promisberger.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Eugen. Skynet rules.
0: fantastic (laughs) listeners don't forget to subscribe comment and share with your friends and family if you're enjoying the audio talk series of podcasts why not pop over to Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a nice five star review it really does mean a lot and it helps new listeners get to know about the amazing guests like Daniel and Armin that we talk to in every single episode and Daniel and Armin have chosen tracks for our exclusive VIP title playlist if you want to find out what they are just click on the link in the show notes for more exclusive content some behind the scenes goodies and maybe even some competitions connect with us over on instagram you can find us at audio talks podcast we'll be back soon for some more fascinating audio talks see you next time